Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Ishmael Kawaja. Hello, hope you're doing well and you've had a nice half term. It's Friday the 17th of February. Thanks for downloading today's podcast. We're going to start with the top story on our website. A Medway mum claims to have been held hostage at a petrol station because she was unable to pay for her fuel. Odette Browning says she called police after a shop worker at the Esso garage on Watling Street in Gillingham refused to let her go. Well, to talk us through this, our reporter who wrote the story, Megan Carr, joins me now. So Megan, firstly, just explain what happened. So Odette was out and about running errands and she saw that her petrol was low, so she went to the Esso garage um, and got £50 worth of fuel in her car, knowing that she had £98 in her account. Now, she didn't have a card on her, she did have her phone, so she was going to tap her phone to pay. However, after a few attempts, it declined and she was said that she was sorry and it was weird that this was happened, um, but unfortunately she didn't have another payment method on her. So she turned around to the clerk in the Esso garage and said, you know, is it okay for me to pop home? I only live 10 minutes away in the car. I'll leave you my ID. You know who I am. You've seen my car on the CCTV camera. And he turned around and said, no, you've got two options. You could either leave your car here, which she didn't want to do because it was a 40-minute walk away and it was getting dark, or he told her to leave her phone, which, again, she didn't really want to do because it was a brand-new £1,000 phone and she was worried about not getting it back. So after this, she explained that she couldn't do either of those things. And then after that, he just locked the front doors of the of the Esso garage, left her locked inside, wasn't letting anyone outside in or letting her out. He was continuing to serve customers through the window of the garage, but that was it. Now, during this time, she was getting really flustered. She was getting really anxious. Um, she felt intimidated by this man. She was asking him, you know, if you just let me go home, I can get my payment. You know, I'll pay for this, no problem. But he just wouldn't have it. So she eventually ended up calling the police because she was getting quite worried. And um, this was at about 20 to 7 on Monday uh, in the evening. And once this has happened, the police spoke to him on the phone and said you do realize you could get arrested for false imprisonment to which the man inside the garage laughed at and said at least I can get free food which Odette found very bizarre and obviously even more worrying so by this point she was on the phone with the emergency services and her husband had been uh, called as well he was trying to come he'd been working in London and it was both her husband and the police who arrived at 7 30 so she'd been locked inside the store for about an hour at that point um, she was very anxious, couldn't get out of the shop quick enough once they opened the doors. Um, and she was just so... Her husband paid for the petrol once they got there, but she stayed in the car and she was just left feeling so anxious. How has Odette dealt with that since? After all of this, you know, she was shaking, she was crying, um, but she, she's been really worried about the fact that this man has her address because she gave him her ID, he has her picture because he'd gone out into the forecourt taking pictures of her and her car. Um, and she, she was really struggling to sleep afterwards because... Um, she couldn't get out of her head that this man could come and find her. Um, she has gone to the customer services for SO, um, and as far as I'm aware, and, and the latest that she's told me, is that nothing else has really been done. She explained the whole situation to a woman on the phone, 
and after she'd poured her heart out about the experience that she'd faced, um, the woman turned around and said, so what's the issue? So Odette's been left feeling really, really anxious and worried about the whole situation. And police are investigating? They are still looking into the situation. Um, Esso haven't given us a full comment, despite numerous attempts, um, but police did say that they were called to the dispute and officers did attend and they're investigating into the circumstances surrounding the incident. And um, I did try and contact the garage's manager directly. They didn't want it to be named. And he said that it all been sorted um, and that it wasn't a big police incident and he had no comment to give. Um, but, yeah, unfortunately, we have no further comment from SO themselves. Thanks for those details, Megan. Kent Online News. Our other top stories now. A former soldier from Folkestone who was shot by the Taliban while on tour in Afghanistan has been jailed after he was found with indecent images of children and animals. Officers discovered the stash of photos on Godfrey Sarpong's phone while analysing it for a separate matter in September 2018. The 33-year-old, who most recently was living on Gascoigne Road in Hackney, has been locked up for almost three years. He'll also be made subject to a lifetime of notification requirements and an indefinite sexual harm prevention order. A year after the body of a missing Kent man was found in a ditch, his family say they still have unanswered questions. 27-year-old Alex Holland was discovered dead more than two months after he disappeared in Deal. Despite one of his shoes being found over a mile away, he had no marks on his foot to suggest he'd walked that distance. Police say they're confident no one else was involved in his death, but the inquest recorded an open conclusion. More than £10,000 has already been raised to help pay for the joint funeral of a mother and daughter who were found dead in Whitstable this week. Leah Churchill and Brooke Wanstall died of suspected carbon monoxide poisoning inside a burger van. Two separate fundraisers have been set up to help give the pair a big, bold and pink send-off. Kent Online reports. Now a nursery in Medway has been defending a decision to increase fees by £10 a day as they struggle with rising costs. There are growing concerns about parents, especially mums, being forced to leave their jobs and stay at home to save money on childcare. Suzanne Piggott is from First Friends Day Nursery in Gillingham, which is used by 40 different families. Some have reduced their days because they can't afford the fees. The, the additional amount is, is going to be covering the staff wages because minimum wage has gone up and we can't do that unless we've paid the correct amount. We should be rewarded for that job that we're doing. Amy Woolley sends her son there. £1,000 is a lot of money, obviously spread over even over 12 months. Uh, I think it's probably concerning for any parent. For people who are earning a lower income, you know, it's between them going to work or, or paying their childcare, and if the childcare costs outweighs what they got for coming in, They've got to make sacrifices. A number of support schemes are on offer and the government insists they're looking into options to improve the cost and flexibility of childcare. Latest figures show another rise in the number of people in hospital with coronavirus in Kent. 210 patients were being treated in the county on Wednesday, up from 158 the previous week. It's the third increase in a row, but according to data, COVID cases have started dropping again. A church in Sandwich that serves free soup to people struggling to get by, so they've been left in disbelief after getting a hoax call from someone claiming to be from environmental health. St Peter's Church in Sandwich hosts the service every Sunday as part of its mission to provide a warm space for anyone struggling with the 
cost of living. But volunteers say they were shocked and upset to hear from a caller that a food hygiene complaint had been made against them. Whatever District Council since confirmed it had no record of the complaint. The church's community hub manager says the phone call has left her with a bitter taste in her mouth as she knew everything the church was doing was above board. Now it could be a busy weekend at the port of Dover as strikes by Border Force officers are expected to cause delays. They're walking out for the next four days over pay just as thousands of families return home from half-term trips abroad. Well, Kate's been chatting to Seamus McCauley from Kent-based company Holiday Extras. There's already disruptions in France. That's going to coincide with yeah, the new disruptions that are going to be caused by the strikes at this end or by the, uh, sort of the UK personnel which will affect uh, passport control, particularly at the, the English and the French end. Uh, so there is likely to be delay and disruptions, uh, particularly to the ferries going across from Dover uh, to France, yeah, all the way up until Sunday, I'm afraid. Should people be put off travelling if they've already got travel plans? Should they be put off making the journey? Well, if you've already got, if you've already bought the tickets and you can't change them and, you know, you want to travel, then obviously, you know, it, it, it's probably best to do so. Uh, the best advice I can always give everybody is before you book a holiday, before you book any sort of travel, make sure that you've booked flexibly, make sure you've booked your tickets flexibly, make sure you've booked your hotels flexibly, make sure you've booked all your holiday extras flexibly. And then if something of this nature happens, there's something you can do about it. I think we all got rather used to, particularly during the pandemic lockdowns, the possibility that travel would be severely disrupted at a moment's notice. Uh, most travel companies now, you know, if that, can't think of one that doesn't uh, offer flexible bookings in almost every possible respect so the best thing to do is take advantage of that and then if something like this does happen obviously you can then cancel rebook amend your trip uh, and therefore not have to you know battle through the strikes and the possible cancellations a lot of insurance companies are saying they they won't cover any missed accommodation or travel plans because of the strikes is that right yeah, it's almost always the case. Um, again, I can't think of a, uh, travel insurance that would be different to this, uh, but industrial action isn't covered by travel insurance. So yeah, the travel insurance won't help in this situation. Uh, so again, it's, it's better to have booked flexibly in the first place and then make sure that you've got the flexibility to change your plans if something like this does happen because your insurance won't help. Uh, well, obviously, there's more strikes coming up. Uh, there's a sort of rolling Spanish air traffic strike that's going on every Monday through February. Uh, so if you're planning to fly to some Spanish airports on a Monday in February, <clears throat> that includes next Monday the 20th and Monday the 27th, that may well be disrupted as well. So it's worth, again, taking the precautions to book flexibly or possibly pick a different airport. Uh, and then, of course, is expected to be, depending on how the, the strike ballot goes, uh, strikes at Heathrow Airport over Easter where the same uh, exact same advice uh, is, is, is what we'd say to travellers, which is if you're going to be travelling, then make sure that you've, you know, you've made flexible uh, arrangements so that if a strike does disrupt your flights, uh, you can do something about it and change your plans. It's claimed items that form part of a new Banksy artwork in Margate were stolen before it could be preserved. An early picture shows a glass bottle, broken chair and frying pan completing the scene of a woman who appears to have dumped her husband in a fridge freezer. The gallery's been instructed to remove the piece with money from the sale going to domestic abuse charities. A group of young people have vandalised an Asda in Gravesend. The store in Thamesway has been forced to close its side entrance while staff wait for repairs to a lift and escalator. You can see pictures of the damage on our website. More than £15,000 worth of illegal cigarettes have been seized from an untaxed car in Chatham. They were found by police and trading standards officers in a Ford Focus on Holborn Lane. They were in the area as part of ongoing action to tackle the sale of illicit tobacco. 
Next up, a woman from Kent features as an extra in a new music video starring a Game of Thrones actor aiming to raise awareness of MS. Rose Leslie plays the lead role in the video, which shows a character finding support from the community after being diagnosed with it. The lifelong condition can cause fatigue, problems with balance and vision, and sometimes serious disability. Amy Hines from Dartford has been campaigning to highlight what it's like to live with since being diagnosed seven years ago. She's been chatting to Lucy. I was diagnosed in 2016 um, and it was off the base of waking up one morning with absolutely no feeling from my chest downwards and not having a clue what was going on. Six months of diagnostic tests and I'm sat in a room with a guy who says you've got relapsing remitting MS and my symptoms have changed in that time, my life has changed in that time, who I am has changed in that time and I love working now to help advocate for other people and just have help raise awareness of what MS is. And a bit of exciting news that you've appeared in a music video. Can you tell us a bit about that and, you know, how it's raising awareness? Yeah, absolutely. We um, came together. I work a lot with press and PR with MS Society, or at least I have done in the last couple of years, to just work on that awareness. And I got a phone call one day that said, hey, we're doing an awareness video. It's with Rose Leslie and it's going to be around a load of other people who have the condition you have. Would you like to be you know, part of it? Of course, I wasn't going to turn that down. And, you know, getting to this point where you can feel comfortable, not only with yourself, but around lots of people who also feel comfortable to talk about what you're going through and how raising awareness is just helping others to understand what the condition is, how it affects people differently, because it is still such a condition where we don't know a lot about it in terms of how each person is differently affected. Um, so to be able to just highlight some of those things to other people, even, you know, for me, talking about certain experiences to my friends and family can sometimes be quite daunting. So to be able to just send them a video and go, hey, this is part of who I am and this is how I live each day and how I wake up and how I maneuver through life is, yeah, it's just been a great experience. Yeah, I don't know if you're a Game of Thrones fan yourself, but um, what was it like? Did you get to meet Rose? Did you chat to her at all? Working with Rose was great. She, I actually, I'm not a Game of Thrones person, but I knew her from Downton Abbey and lots of other things. I genuinely walked up to the door of the place and she opened it and said, hi, how are you? Who are you? And we had a nice chat. And she just became so involved with all of us during the day. We all, um, as part of the campaign, had to sit down and, you know, do interviews like this and talk about our experiences. And afterwards, she was just so approachable. And she kept saying, wow, you're all amazing. And this is so exciting that we're doing this together. She's been such a big campaigner and a big uh, fan, or not fan, but a person who helps raise awareness of MS for a long time, that it was great to work with her. Yeah, and how important is it that celebrities like her are speaking out about this as well? Because for a lot of people, if they don't know someone with MS, it's not something they're really ever going to learn about or hear about. But when a big name like that speaks out, people listen. Yeah, I think part of the thing about having MS is that you just hear it as a word or as a concept that someone might have spoken about once. I didn't have a clue. I remember sitting down with my partner one day and going through this list of things I'd been given and going, well, I don't know anything about this. So to have a celebrity or someone of, of Rose's stature in, in, you know, in society to be able to say, hey, you should look into this. You should be part of this. And this is these are the experiences that people have had and how I put them forward is going to impact potentially how others 
work with people with MS or help raise money or raise awareness generally. And how important is it for people, particularly younger people like you, you know, you, you were diagnosed at such a, an early age and, and now like having to sort of learn how you're going to live with this for the rest of your life. How important is it that people are aware? I think one of the biggest things for me is that the majority of my symptoms are invisible and hidden disabilities is something really that's only been spoken about in pub in the public arena for the last couple of years. You know, we see it on when you go into London on the tube that not everybody is you might be ill but it might not show so I think I know that when I was diagnosed and I was in my 20s you never think you're going to be struck down with something and it literally was an overnight process it could happen to anyone and being able to say if you know a little bit about it you might be able to take something that just doesn't feel right something that doesn't come across right and go actually I should go and get this checked out because we hear it more and more now that if people are aware of their own bodies and you do learn to be completely aware when something isn't right. You can help, you, you know, you can go to the doctor and say, well, actually, this doesn't feel like me. This isn't me. So that we can all help each other, you know, make sure that things like MS are seen earlier, things like cancer, symptoms are picked up on so that you can, yeah, so you can go forward and, and help to help others as well. A decision on whether to build nearly a thousand homes in a village near Maystone could be made by a government inspector. Hundreds of people have objected to plans which would see Eccles more than double in size. Developers have put in an appeal after waiting more than a year for a decision. The council say they're disappointed as they felt they were making progress on planning agreements. A busker who you might have seen performing on Chatham High Street has sold out Rochester Cathedral for his debut show. Jordan Ravenel is known as the Primark singer as he often plays outside the shop. The 26-year-old says he can't wait for the biggest gig of his life this weekend. Now with a look ahead to everything else that's happening in the county this weekend, here's our feature writer, Sam Laurie. We're coming to the end of half term, so to all of the parents listening to today's podcast, well done. And if you've been looking after the kids all week, why not try to do something for yourself this weekend? We've got a few great adult-only nights out this weekend, so grown-ups, get on the phone to the babysitter and enjoy a few hours out of the house by yourselves. Mainstone-born comedian Angela Barnes is returning to her hometown this Saturday and there are still tickets left. The Mock the Week regular will be performing her new stand-up show Hot Mess at the County Town's Hazlitt Theatre. Also, Wish You Were Dead from acclaimed novelist Peter James is at the Churchill Theatre in Bromley until Saturday night. It stars casualties George Rainsford and I'm a Celeb winner Giovanna Fletcher and is sure to be an edge-of-your-seat thriller if the crime author's previous works are anything to go by. And speaking of theatre, there are a few shows coming up that you might want to treat yourself to when the kids are back at school. From Tuesday, the musical Fisherman's Friends is at the Marlowe Theatre in Canterbury and a new comedy, Jumping the Shark, is at the Orchard Theatre in Dartford. So I know we've talked about a few ways to keep the adults entertained, but if you're still after a few ideas for the whole family, don't worry, we've still got you covered. The world of Peter Rabbit Storytime Trail opens at the Beanie in Canterbury on Saturday and it's an interactive trail perfect for young children. While the Maystone Museum, along with the Hazlitt Theatre, is hosting historic walking tours of the town and live pop-up performances over the weekend. It's all to celebrate the museum's reopening and is free for all the family. Now well done again for making it through the week and whether you're enjoying a couple's night out or a family trip with the kids, I really hope you have a well-deserved weekend of fun. 
Kent Online Sport. Football and it's another big game for Gillingham this weekend as they try to avoid falling back into the League 2 relegation zone. They've only had one defeat and four victories in the last six matches and travel to take on bottom of the table Rochdale tomorrow. Manager Neil Harris says it's important to keep the momentum going. We've been in a, in a good place for a few weeks now and we've had some good results. Um, feel good factor in the club. Real positivity, training stand is excellent. Um, so made some strong decisions on personnel, and results have gone really well for us. I, I think we've gelled in, in in a sense of we've recruited players for uh, a, a style till the summer and a philosophy till the summer, um, and, and a, you know what, what we believe is the best way to go until now and the end of the season. Um, the only way to better group in is. Sign personnel that you want, which we've done, and secondly, have time with them um, to get your philosophy across and, and explain when you want to play from the back, when to squeeze up, when you want to pass the ball, when you want to play forward, and how you press different shapes. And, and we're just not going to have a chance to do that between now and the season. And, and I'm absolutely fine with it. I understand it. And I think that's why over the coming weeks you'll see us the same again as, as we were Tuesday night, as we were against Crawley. We will be bitty. We will be. We could be really good for 70 minutes, and then. You know, be not so good for 20 minutes. We could be poor in the first half and come out and I have to explain things to the lads and tinker formations or personnel and, and we could be good. So, um, yes, I, I, I'm patient. That's why I've been patient with the players and that's why I've not had to raise my voice to the players because I, I have to understand that it's a new group and players have to build relationships. Combinations have to take, take time to build um, and, and I'm fully respectful to that. But now it's all about winning. So... Um, yeah, I'm really pleased with where we've got to so far, but so much more to come over over the weeks, but months certainly. My thought process, win the next game. You know, WNG, win the next game. That's, 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 that's how I work as a manager, and that's that certainly where we are today is all that matters. Um, so my full focus is Rochdale at the weekend. Once we played Rochdale, uh, Rochdale then I'll start looking at Wimbledon and Bradford, etc. But mine is, is Rochdale solely. Um, what it does to the, the staff, the, the, the feel-good factor in the, the, the stadium, what it does to the, the players and the fans' mindset is huge, absolutely huge. Um, it's a real positive step. Um, January the 4th when we went and played Leicester, it was a week after the 11th, we seven points adrift of, you know, of, of, of safety and, and, and we're now outside the relegation zone, so long way to go, but you know, it's another, it's another positive in this run we're on. From Rochdale's perspective, I suppose it's probably a must-win game uh, for them. For for us, um, we're, we're 13 points in six games. You know, we're in a real good vein of form. You know, we're positive. We've, this place is really difficult to come and play at now for the opposing team. Um, you know, we're on the road, so you go with the mindset of you certainly don't want to get beat when you're on the road. But but want to win games of football, and, and you know, we were pleased with a point at Swindon. Um, Delighted with three points of Colchester, fully deserved, and the Mansfield, a better team, beat us. So, you know, we go to Rochdale, we have to make sure we're the better team, and we do the basics of League Two football, right? Um, but Rochdale, you know, just because they've not picked a lot of points up recently, I've watched a couple of their games uh, yesterday, and, and their games are tight. Their games are really close. Um, they've played well, in my opinion, in the games. Okay, they got beat by Orin, but Orin ain't a bad team, as we know, and they're running away with the league now. Um, but, you know, Jim's gone back to you know, basic philosophy of 4-4-2 and, and they look really good at it and 
you know, it's going to be a real tough game for us. Kickoff tomorrow's at three. You can follow the match action on our sports page at Kent Online. And we'll have reaction to the result in bulletins on sister station KMFM on Sunday morning. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and TikTok. You can also get an update of the top stories direct to your email each morning with the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.